This is Jules Henningberg, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley, and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer fires to score. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network, your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here's your host, Hutton Jackson. We're here with Jules Henningberg, 2019 PLL All-Star, attacking with the Redwoods Lacrosse Club, and now recurring guest on PLT. Jules, welcome to the show again. Excited to have you back on. Yep, I'm excited to be on here again, Hutton. I appreciate you having me. No, absolutely. The last time we talked was 2019. Uh, well, t- talked on the podcast. Uh, you know, we've been talking since then. But um, 2019, during the middle of the first PLL season, uh, unfortunately, you had to miss last season due to COVID complications. But you're back, ready to go this summer. How anxious have you been to get back on the field? Definitely just excited to play again. I wouldn't necessarily say anxious, but it's been so long since I've just gotten even to play lacrosse in general with, you know, NLL getting taken away and then, PLL obviously missing last season so just even get my stick in my hands and run around out there with those guys and just feel the energy is I'm just so excited for that you know when has your training kind of been like this off season um you know just to prepare have you done anything differently I know you focus a lot on the mental side of the you know the sport as well in addition to training your body but um talk a little bit about what you've been doing this off season to get ready yeah so I think for a lot of people it's been a unique off season I think a lot of guys play NLL Um, You know, a lot of guys come off the PLL season into the fall and sort of have a, you know, smooth transition into NLL and then, you know, figure out how you're going to work yourself out getting ready for the season. But this is the first year I haven't done that. So not only did I not play last season, um, but we didn't have another NLL season. So uh, I was definitely getting in the weight room more um, just because I was able to timeline wise. and, And that was great for me. So three days a week there. And then starting to ramp up on the field stuff, getting my stick in my hand more. Um, and the last couple months, getting out there to do some 1v1s, getting out there with the high school team I practice, um, and then kind of just fine-tuning you know, my, uh, my stick work and, and dodging on field now. You know, let's uh, talk a little bit about the NLL um, a bit. You know, you signed with the New England Black Wolves and now have become the Albany Firewolves. How excited are you to get back on the floor and compete for a spot with the Firewolves? Yeah, I'm super excited about that. I think – you know, last season going into it, I was excited to, to join New England. Um, Joe Nardell was on that team mm-hmm. um, and I was getting pretty close with the coaching staff and, and just, you know, trying to figure out what my role could look like on that team if I was able to crack the roster. So I was really excited about that. And then obviously they switched over to, you know, the Albany Firewolves, which is, you know, another amazing um, example of the league expanding and, and putting a, a lacrosse team in a new market. So really awesome that they're able to do that. Um, at the end of the day, NLL is a really hard league to crack a roster, um, mm-hmm. no matter who you are. I've just been really fortunate to be able to be in the league for two years and, and get to know kind of what it's all about and, and get some touches um, as a practice roster player and, and be on some great teams with the San Diego Seals. Uh, you know, so now I'm just looking forward to you know, get another opportunity to, to try to make a team. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's really helped me immensely as a field player. And it's been an amazing experience to get to know those Canadian guys and get to know that culture. And uh, it's an amazing game and, and it's a hard one. So I'm excited to, to have the opportunity with Albany um, now that they're out there. 
you know, we're certainly looking forward to the NLL returning this upcoming winter. Let's go back into the PLL. You guys made some off-season acquisitions, both through the draft as well as trading for Rob Pinnell. Have you talked to Rob a little bit or any of your other, uh, you know, new teammates on the Redwoods this off-season? And what's the excitement level in the locker room? Absolutely. So I, I played with Rob back in uh, Team USA training, and I've always looked up to him as a player, definitely someone when I was younger. I was watching YouTube clips. I was watching every one of his games, just mm-hmm. learn from him. So to be able to play with him on Team USA training and to learn from him, you know, one of the greatest players of all time, um, to now be able to play with him is going to be an amazing experience for me just to kind of continue that growth, um, you know, and to, to see what he does well and to see what he's thinking and to constantly be able to pick his brain and grow a relationship there. So I'm very excited about that. I think he adds a lot of balance to our offense, um, you know, helps out on the attack, just kind of getting us more, you know, settled into specific roles. Um, and I think that it's going to be a huge addition for us. And, and I think the biggest thing for us is going to just be fine chemistry, fine chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. I think across the board, you look at the other great teams, they're pretty settled on offense and defense with the guys that they have and, and kind of just add one or two pieces maybe. Um, and I think right now with me coming back with Rob coming back, adding Ryan Lee, um, you know, picking up, you know, some young guys in the draft, we're definitely just going to have to figure out, you know, what our roles are. Um, and, and who does what and, and build chemistry right away. Cause we have two games in that opening weekend, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be great. So I'm um, definitely been in a group chat with the old guys starting to get up um, the zooms going and, and talking to coach Nat on the offensive end about things. So overall, we're just really excited for the opportunity um, to, you know, kind of cement ourselves and, and take that next step as a championship team. No, absolutely. And I think I was reading too, that you and coach Nat have been watching a lot of Peter Baum film who uh, Nat uh, obviously coached a bit with the Ohio machine. Talk a little bit about, you know, what you've been watching and, and how you've kind of tried to diversify your skill set for this upcoming season. Yeah, I think, you know, initially when coach traded for me, and I think a lot of coaches just are sometimes can be excited about me as a player, but when I start to play for them, they start to see maybe there's more than meets the eye and, you know, able to do some things rather than just being pigeonholed into one role. Mm-hmm. And I think Nat's been really excited about that, just being able to put me in different spots in the field and, and see me, you know, be competent and be confident, you know, no, really no matter where that was, whether that's being on the left side, whether that's being up top behind. Um, and I think that that versatility and, and my athleticism is something that reminded him of Peter Baum a lot. Um, and he, you know, you talk to me about that and we would talk about, you know, my kind of growth as a pro player and, and what, you know, what players I could, you know, utilize to, you know, continue to grow my game and, and look after. I think I have a unique mix and match of size and speed and athleticism um, and I think Peter Baum is a, you know, a great person to, for me to be able to look up to and, and watch his film. Um, and Nat's been able to send me some of that and, and talk through some of it. And I think just overall, he's excited for me to, you know, continue to, vers- to, to diversify my skill set, you know, get runs from up top, get runs from the high wing, you know, be able to go behind an invert, you know, be able to quarterback when I do have the ball on my stick, but just do more than just be a, you know, one trick pony out there. And, and he's excited for the opportunity for me to do that and, and see what, you know, I can really bring to the offense by being that type of player. No, we're certainly excited to watch you guys uh, take on the cannons opening weekend. Uh, let's talk a little bit about off the field stuff. You know, we, we know your production on the field, but you're also very productive off the field too, with a lot of initiatives. Uh, one in particular, the black lacrosse Alliance, uh, which you've been kind of, you know, spearheading talk a little bit about what you guys have been doing this off season um, and what you're, you're hoping to do any initiatives you have planned this upcoming summer. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, excuse me, for the off season was just kind of trying to solidify who we were, um, you know, and what we're all about. I think in 2020, it was, you know, pretty quickly, we had to get things together heading into the championship series. Um, 
and you know, for the first time in the history of lacrosse, really have uh, a one sound voice um, from the black players at the professional level. Um, and I thought that was really important to get done. And you know, from there, we've been able to see a lot of growth um, in terms of organizationally. I think people don't realize how difficult sometimes. And I know you know you're someone that runs a business and you know works a lot in business as an entrepreneur. But you know, organizing things on your own with a number of players um, and people who are spread out across the country who have a, a bunch of different things going on, a bunch of initiatives, their own work. You know, it's not an easy thing. So mm-hmm. it's definitely one piece is you know to the public getting out there, getting to the championship series, you know, establishing that, you know, we're here to stay, um, that we have a strong voice, we're we're united across the front, um, and that, you know, we really want to diversify the game um, in a positive way and, you know, inspire, you know, a new generation of lacrosse players and and really make a more inclusive culture all around, um, because I think that's what everyone wants in the sport of lacrosse. Um, And for it to be something that, you know, no matter who you are, if you pick up a stick, you can fall in love with it and, you know, take it to wherever you want. Um, without having to deal with any obstacles outside of, you know, the, the person in front of you and, and the difficulties you face as a normal athlete. So um, for us to kind of establish that, head into the off season, um, you know, have the merger, bring guys in from the MLL um, mm-hmm. into the Black Lacrosse Alliance. Now that the MLL, you know, they weren't going to be around anymore. That meant that, you know, guys in the MLL four, um, any black players in that league, you know, could now be you know officially on board with us as far as, you know, things we're doing with the league. Um, I think you see heading into the summertime, there'll be more things that the PLL will be able to do um, and be able for us to participate in and to have more of those guys be able to do that now, you know, on national television um, through social channels, um, I think is going to be great. Um, And I think some of the initiatives that we're working on heading into the summertime, we have our boost camp with uh, Nation United we partnered with. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not familiar with Nation United or anyone on the call, you know, they've just really done a great job of taking some of the, the top players um, in the game nationwide and building a really diverse group of players um, and bringing them to tournaments all over and getting them recruited. And I think that, you know, a lot of the players you're seeing at the highest level right now, you know, that our players of color have come through Nation United. And um, really what we want to do with them is, is just take that next step um, and connect the pro players to those guys uh, and help facilitate whatever they need um, in terms of their weaknesses and, you know, really start to, to move the needle in terms of getting those guys to the next level. Um, so kind of just having direct access there through the boost camp is going to be great. Um, I think heading into the summertime, just continuing to grow the brand of the Black Lacrosse Alliance, um, who we are, what we stand for, and, you know, have players across the country know that we're out there playing for them, you know, know that we're out there representing for them um, and kind of connect the dots there through merch, through wristbands, um, you know, through different items like that. You know, we're working with lax straps to, to get helmet stickers out um, mm-hmm. or um, chin strap stickers um, and just a number of things like that. So, um, that's all, all good stuff. And, and then heading into the fall, we're going to turn towards mentoring um, young players across the country. And, and that's outside of just the normal day-to-day stuff we do, um, you know, dealing with, you know, educating the community and, um, you know, just continue to highlight the, the initiatives on the grassroots level and investing in our own. Um, so we're just really excited about the growth overall and uh, just, you know, trying to become more organized and establish a firm stance um, of who the Black Cross Alliance is to, you know, the PLL, to the community, and, um, you know, hopefully we can look back in a number of years and, you know, believe we left the game better than we found it. No, I love that. And we appreciate what Jeremy and the rest of the team at Nation United are doing as well in terms of the We Stand initiative and a bunch of the other initiatives they're doing, too, at Nation United. Um, you have a few other initiatives, too, you're working on. You have your own company, Mission Primed. That's more of the, the training side of things for the young players. Talk a little bit about Mission Primed and what are the core tenants around that business that you started? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, for me, Mission Prime has really evolved in a number of ways um, over the past year. But when I initially started it, um, I really felt like I had a unique experience at Rutgers University, you know, being a player that was recruited um, to really change a culture. And I think that going through that process and, and beginning to understand what that took, you know, position me um, pretty, I think just, set, you know, made it unique, me pretty unique in terms of my um, pro contemporaries when I got to the pro level and, and saw what their experiences were like. And I just knew that a number of players that got to the highest level um, in terms of college across at the time um, really were very talented. Um, a lot of them, they were, were great shooters, you know, great Dodgers, um, had a lot of skill sets on the field, but the things that, you know, they struggle with off the field really limited them and their potential. Um, and I saw that from a number of guys in my class from New Jersey. I saw that from a number of guys that got recruited across the country um, that were ranked higher than me. And I think overall, you know, I, I just felt like there was a lot of missed potential um, because of some of the things that we were focused on at Rutgers that we needed to be focused on because um, we had to make sure the younger guys were, you know, really dialed in and really maximized their potential because we weren't getting those star recruits um, year in, year out. So for, for me to graduate, knowing that I wanted to make an impact on those guys around that 18 to 19 year old age, but didn't necessarily want to be a college coach. Um, that's really where Mission Prime kind of um, spurred from. And last year and in 2020, we, we ran the event digitally and really just focused on the off-field stuff, you know, everything from time management to building relationships, to investing in your body, um, to just understanding, you know, decision-making on and off the field and, and how things impact you, um, you know, what deliberate extra work is, all these different components, um, being aware, being mindful of yourself, um, that really make an impact on you as an athlete outside of, again, just putting the ball in the back of the net. And, um, you know, heading into 2021, we are positioned to have Mission Primed. Um, the senior experience, as we're calling it now, um, where we transition those seniors from high school summer um, when they graduate from, uh, you know, as seniors into their freshman fall. Um, we're going to be running that event August 2nd to 5th, um, and, and we're pretty close to being sold out right now. So we're very excited about that. And um, additionally, after the senior experience last year in 2020, um, which we ran digitally, we ran um, a mentorship program digitally as well with 12 kids. And we're looking to expand that to really help players who are in the high school level you know, understand what the process is as a young player um, to get to the next level. And, you know, when I say get to the next level, you know, that could mean becoming, you know, a starter on your varsity team. That could mean becoming an All-American in your state. That could mean becoming, you know, a top division one recruit. You know, whatever your goals might be as a high school player in terms of the mentorship program, we're looking to position you um, to really, you know, gain stability and confidence in that process um, and, and give you all the tools that you need um, from the mental side, you know, from the, the stick work and footwork um, and dodging and everything you need on the field through first class lacrosse, you know, from the nutrition side, everything you need as a player building a routine that really allows you to maximize your time. I think that's a huge piece to the puzzle that a lot of players don't realize is how much time do I need to be investing into myself as a player to get to where I want to be. Mm -hmm. um, and how can I build that time out um, on a weekly and daily basis so that I chip away over, over time. So um, both of those things, <clears throat> the senior experience and the mentorship program, we're very excited about. I believe it's a unique program um, and a unique company, you know, uh, for a lack of better words in lacrosse. Um, and I'm excited about that. And, and really we've been built off of our, our core pillars, um, which are routine relationships and sacrifice um, and the mental, the physical and the spiritual um, and everything we do really revolves around that. All of our programming revolves around that. Um, all of our communication with our players um, and our athlete revolves around those pillars um, and just becoming more aware of them and, and those things and, and how they impact you as a player and uh, how you can continue to invest in them and, and deep dive um, and take your game to the next level through those things off the field. Because 
at the end of the day, you know, like I said, anyone can put the ball in the back of the net, but how you're handling everything else is really what's going to position you to even have that chance um, to even be available in the field to do those things. So, you know, like I said, we're really excited about it. No, absolutely. I think the mental side, you know, often gets lost, but there's, you know, a greater emphasis now, you know, like people like you that are putting a greater emphasis on it and making sure that it's highlighted because it's just as equally important as, you know, as a pro, um, you know, to be right mentally as it is to be right physically. So I think it's great that you guys are, you know, teaching high school kids that before they even get to college, it's, it's preparing them, you know, for those mental struggles that they'll face as a college athlete. Yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of players have, like I said, have been able to go through the process and have been very talented and have been able to get to the highest level. And, you know, not that they don't work hard, but, you know, not every player is going to be as talented as the next. And I think that you need to understand, you know, how to position yourself to put the extra work in and, and really focus on things um, that are in your control to position you to, to take ownership of your experience that you're going through. And um, the mental piece is a huge one. I think everyone struggles with things mentally, whether they want to acknowledge that or not is a, another conversation. But if you just look at any athlete, um, when they have a bad game, you know, when they have a good game, um, how are they thinking about it? You know, when you, you don't play well, uh, how are you thinking about it? How is that carrying over into the next game? When you make a bad play, what is your, your mindset? Like, what are you telling yourself? What is the conversation you're having with yourself? How are you bouncing back when you have a great game? You know, what does that look like for you? Are you reading your press clippings? Are you buying into the fact that you know, you're this certain level of player because you, you, you know, put up a couple of points versus a good team last week. You know, all these things that players, you know, whether they realize it or not, that's part of the mental game. Um, and there's so many other things. But, you know, just for players that might think that it's not important, being able to get a grasp on all that and be competent in it um, and can begin to invest into it at a young age will really pay dividends down the line for, you know, how much of a player, you know, you can become. And, and, and it all depends on what your goals are. But, I feel like sometimes younger players get lost in terms of, you know, if you're really excited about being a division one player, you get there, you realize it's a bit hard, you know, all those goals go out the window um, and mm -hmm. all those, you know, and, and very quickly, it's, it's a, it's a fast sinking ship, especially, you know, in that, that freshman fall. Um, and I've seen it from other players at Rutgers um, and a number of players across the country. So anything I can do to help the player, you know, maximize his potential and, and really achieve more um, is really what drives me and, and makes me excited to wake up every day. No, I think that's awesome. We appreciate what you got, are doing, you know, for the next generation. Uh, we can take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive into our five and five segment. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military inspired products from their signature big ass bar of soap to their bourbon infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducanon, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. All right, welcome back. Now let's go into our five and five segment. We'll start off with the lacrosse questions. Last time we did this, we did a little bit of a, a jersey edition. We'll do a little bit more of a, uh, the one we've been doing with a lot of the other athletes. Uh, we'll keep it pretty straight forward this time. But what are some pregame superstitions or routines that you have? Pregame superstitions or routines. I think eating at a certain time for me is really important. I get you know nervous and I can't eat anything um, before a certain time in the game. So just making sure the night before in the morning, I'm getting food in, into me early on um, to be able to, you know, just limit that. I think, uh, you know, making sure I, I roll out 
before um, on my, I have this PVC pipe that I utilize. Um, it's, a, it's like a foam roller, but it's a little bit, you know, not a little bit, it's much harder. It's a pipe you can buy at Home Depot. Um, excuse me, so I utilize that um, before the game, um, listening to music. I, I put a new playlist together every season to just kind of represent where I'm at in my life and the music that excites me. Um, so I listen to that. I, I have a confidence recording that my sports psychologist made for me back in 2018. Uh, so I utilize that um, before games and that's kind of a bit of meditation, something to get my mind right, you know, build affirmations, conversations I'm having in my head. Um, and then I think outside of that, it's, it's um, just getting my stick right um, and getting comfortable and, and then I'm good to go. Awesome. And uh, I know you, you tend to get to games pretty early too with uh, the tour stop. So talk a little bit about your preparation when you're going from tour stop to tour stop. Yeah. So I am living in San Diego, California, which is pretty much for the most part, you know, six out five to six hours from most of our places that we go on the East coast. I know we're playing in San Jose for the all-star game. And then we're going to be in Minnesota and um, you know, Colorado as well, but all the other games are going to be on the East coast and I've realized pretty quickly in 2019 that my legs do not do well sitting on the flight um, for hours and then just trying to hop off and play a game. And um, I realized that in Boston uh, or excuse me, in Baltimore, that was the first game I got traded and I set myself up to go stay at Ryan Jenner's house on that Thursday. um, And then had, you know, the best game of of my young career so far um, or one of them that, that day. So um, my legs felt great. And I really had that pop in my step, which, Sometimes I feel like I lose it pretty quickly if I'm not taking care of my body and, um, you know, just be able to get there early and, and get comfortable at the end of the day is huge for me. Awesome. And then that kind of segues into number two is what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse? And that can be out throughout your career, you know, even at college. Favorite venue. I'll give you college. Um, okay. Rutgers definitely, it was my favorite place to play um, just because of the environment we were able to create. Um, I think on the road, uh, it was cool to play um, in Ohio State. We never played well there on the road, our Rutgers team, but being able to be in the shoe was pretty amazing. Um, in professional now, I would say in D.C. was an amazing field, and I loved playing there. Um, and I think that, you know, Baltimore also is – it sells out um, mm-hmm. crowd-wise and, you know, it being such a hotbed for the game. And I'm excited to be back there and, and really feel the electricity of – you know, that venue, cause it's, it's compact and you know, you fit a good amount of people in there, but it feel really feels filled up um, as a player on the field um, in terms of the fans. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Now those are two that I'm hoping to get to, especially uh, DC with the championship. And I'm, ho- I'm sure you're hoping you guys are going to be there too. I know that's your guys's goal. You have that circled on your calendar. Uh, moving on from that, what is your current stick set up as an Epic athlete? Um, what are you rocking these days? So currently I use a Dragonfly Pro. Um, they just came out with a new one. I, I believe it's Dragonfly Fly Pro 2. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's white and green. So I'll be using that for the season. And then as far as the head goes, I use the Z1. Um, and I'm a big on kind of a mid to high pocket. I need the ball to be able to hold in my stick to draw my hands back and, you know, be able to, to you know, have a little bit of hold there. But I also need the ball to zoom out um, and mm-hmm. have a quick release of my passes and my shots. So that's my, my favorite type of stick. And I have a couple that I'm getting strung up right now to continue to dial in for the season. Awesome. And then number four, who's a teammate or fellow lacrosse player that you've leaned on as a mentor during your career? Uh, I think the first person that definitely comes to mind would be Kyle Harrison. Um, as far as, you know, on the Redwoods, he's been great as far as helping me, you know, understand mentally um, as a pro kind of what to focus on. Um, I think just really, you know, things such as the black lacrosse lines, things such as business, um, off the field, just understanding the scope and the landscape of being a professional 
he's you know, been doing it for so many years and has been so successful at it. And uh, to be able to lean on him um, and, and, you know, really just be able to ask him anything. And he always has an answer um, or always has a, you know, an opinion on something that, you know, you really trust him because he's been doing it for so long and he, you know, he's so consistent at what he does. Um, so definitely Kyle. And then another guy um, I would say, and far as the indoor game was, was a guy, Dan Dawson, who, um, you know, he's one of the all-time great NLL players. He uh, is an amazing uh, mentor and, and someone that re you really just look up to right away for, you know, his toughness, his work ethic, you know, his leadership and, and just kind of his humility um, because he is one of the greatest to ever play. And, you know, he, he's not someone that's going to boast about that, but he's just going to show up and, and, you know, do that game in, game out and, um, you know, really show you um, what it takes to do that and expects it out of you too, which is pretty cool. So definitely those two guys. And, and there's a number of guys that, and I could talk about, but, you know, as far as NLL and, and, in, um, and outdoor, you know, those are two guys that definitely just come to mind right away. Awesome. And then my final lacrosse question is if they made a PLL video game, who would you say deserves to be on the cover? Um, that's a good question. I would say right now, probably Rambo. Um, you know, I, I am, I'm not shy of saying, I, I think Rambo is the best player right now in the game. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty close to play together on the whip snakes and, um, you know, I, I admire his toughness and, and his decision-making on the field and, um, his, you know, his work ethic and his consistency as a player, uh, he shows up in the biggest moments, um, and he's unselfish. He's a great teammate. And, um, you know, he's a two-time MVP, um, or one-time MVP, but I think also again, had a great season, um, in the championship series and, you know, two-time champion. So, you know, I think he's at the top of the food chain right now and, and someone that, you know, I'm definitely chasing after to, you know, try to knock off in a number of ways. Um, you know, I, I think if we can beat them in the championship game, it'll be the first time I'd say I'll get a, you know, really a one up over him because mm -hmm. I've been competing against him for a long time um, since he's been at Maryland and, and they've been always, always able to get a one up over me um, at Rutgers and now being on the Redwoods. So, you know, just fighting to uh, to get over the hump there. Yeah, we love your Big Ten banter that's been going on during the college <laughs> season. So for sure, we want to see more of that, uh, you know, in the PLL as well coming up. Uh, moving on to the off the field questions. What are some hobbies or activities that you enjoy doing when you're not playing lacrosse? Um, so when I'm not playing, I am, you know, I'm big on, you know, just building my business um, as far as you know, that takes up a lot of my time and in investing into, you know, just developing players, uh, mentoring guys. Um, I think I, I spend a lot of time on that and just being creative around that. Um, I think I spent a lot of time, you know, just hanging out, um, you know, watching movies, um, you know, doing yoga, you know, meditating, things of that such. And it really brings me peace of mind reading. Um, I'm big on traveling and going to different places now. I've been trying to do that a lot. And it's been hard with, with the pandemic, obviously, but definitely something I, I'm investing into more in, in my, um, you know, I guess later 20s now as I'm 25. Um, you know, I just took up boxing a little bit too. So I'm excited about that to kind of know, focus my mind on something outside of lacrosse and, uh, and basketball as well. Shooting hoops and playing pickup basketball has always been one of my favorite things to do. So, you know, I, I think I spent a lot of time, you know, developing my craft and I spent a lot of time working on business, but the, the time I do find outside of that um, to focus on myself, um, you know, really revolves around those couple of things. No, awesome. And that kind of segues me segues into my next question is uh, what, what is your favorite place to vacation? You mentioned you like traveling. Favorite place to vacation. Um, I would say I haven't gone um, too far since I've been an adult just because of how our seasons have been set up. And mm -hmm. as a college player, I always go down to the Jersey shore for the summertime. Um, that's been a consistent thing since I was younger. Uh, I just recently went to Puerto Rico um, and I loved it there. It was amazing. And um, I'm looking to, you know, set up another trip in the summertime 
um, to, you know, to go somewhere else. So definitely, you know, as, as of late, Puerto Rico is, is one of the you know, best places I've ever been in my life and, and had an amaz- amazing experience there. Awesome. I know we talked last time, Manasquan's kind of like your spot, I think, on the Jersey Shore. I'm actually living in Brick now. So I, I'm there and I'm loving it um, the past couple of months that I've lived here. So uh, we'll definitely have to catch up if you ever come visit. Definitely. I'm a big Manasquan guy. Yeah, absolutely. Going off of that, uh, who's a player in another sport that you're enjoying watching right now? Oh, it's a good question. I think um, LaMelo Ball on um, – you know, the, uh, the Charlotte Hornets was amazing this past okay. season um, until he got hurt, but um, you know, big fan of his game. Um, you know, I think watching the Brooklyn Nets overall um, do what they're doing and uh, the New York Knicks actually as well. I have a couple of buddies who are big Knicks fans and, you know, talk a lot of shit about the Knicks, and how bad they've always been. So to see them kind of step up, you know, has been pretty cool. And, and, you know, definitely having two teams in New York, you know, they were the New Jersey Nets before they were the Brooklyn Nets, but having mm-hmm. two teams on the East coast, you know, really competing at a high level is pretty cool. And then, you know, just as far as um, athletes on the field, my favorite player in the NBA, um, which is, you know, my, that's my favorite league to watch outside of lacrosse uh, is Damian Lillard. I think he's just one of the baddest dudes in the sport. He consistently shows up and plays for a smaller franchise and smaller market in Portland. And I think that that limits his, you know, reach as far as the media and, and what people you know, perceive him to be in, in the sport. But uh, if you watch him and uh, just continue, you, you watch him to continuously show up and hit big shots and put up big, big numbers and just doesn't care. And no one wants to stay in Portland and do it with them to try to win a championship. So I, I think that's badass. Yeah, no, absolutely. The meme of him, you know, after he hit that one shot is just incredible. <laughs> I, I love seeing that pop up every now and, yeah. and then. Uh, going off of that, you mentioned you're a kind of a, a movie guy. Any books, TV shows, movies, or podcasts you've been binging uh, recently that you'd recommend to somebody? Yeah, so I, I'm reading a book right now um, called Think Like a Monk, um, and I'm really excited about that book. I think it's been an amazing one. Um, so I definitely recommend that. I just got, for my birthday, the book Atomic Habits. Um, my sister got that for me, so excited about that. Um, uh, another book that I, I tend to do this, I get about like halfway or 75% through a book and then I'll put it down for a little bit and pick it back up. So I've done that with about four books right now and then started um, a new book, but um, Phil Jackson's 11 rings uh, got about 75% of the way through that. That's a great book. Um, going to pick that back up soon. Um, Untethered soul. Another book that I recommend, um, you know, Matt Dunn recommended that to me from the Whipsnakes uh, first class guy. So we talk a lot about those things. Um, amazing book. And then as far as movies go, uh, I don't know if I've, watched too many new movies but i recently watched nomadland um mm. which won a lot of awards which was really good um my favorite movie of all time is interstellar um, i think that's a movie you can't miss if you've never mm. watched that like you have to watch that and um yeah I'm, I'm excited about you know the new black panther movie i saw it's going to come out next year and um you know anything marvel really is, is exciting for me and and yeah that's uh i'm i haven't found a lot of time to watch tv necessarily tv mm. shows um, just because I'm doing so much stuff um, as far as BLA goes and Mission Primed and you know, just preparing for the season. Yeah, no, I'm a big Marvel fan as well. If you haven't watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, recommend it. It's only six episodes, kind of like a long movie. So that, that's a good one to check out that just came out. Um, my personal recommendation, I really enjoyed that one. It's kind of a continuation of you know Captain America. And uh, I, I thought it, they, they did a really good job with that. My final one is, what is your favorite meal? Do you prefer to dine out, take out, or cook at home? So I would say that it depends on the day of the week and sort of, you know, where my mind is at. I think I tend to try to cook at home the most because it's the most healthy. 
I think that at least once a week I will order something just because, you know, I'm, I'm caught up, you know, I'm busy. I, you know, just I'm working on you know, the schedule is, is all over the place sometimes. So during the week, trying to focus on just keeping it simple, you know, getting protein, vegetables and, and healthy carbs in me every meal. And then on the weekend, I, you know, let loose a little bit more and you know, don't, don't mind having pizza and, and, you know, eating some unhealthy things there, but um, definitely my favorite food overall um, is pizza. And that's kind of a, a half-assed answer, but I really have loved pizza since I was really little, but as my palate has been to grow, begin to grow more and I become more of an adult, uh, I've really developed a love for sushi and um, anything nigiri, fish wise, salmon, yellowtail, tuna, you know, I love all that. So if I do go out and I want to have a, a great quality meal, it will be sushi. And if I want to just kind of eat something and not be super healthy, it will be pizza or some sort of spicy chicken sandwich, which I'm a big fan of as well. Awesome. I figure I bet you, you kind of miss the New York style pizza probably being out in San Diego, but the sushi probably makes up for it out there. Right. Yeah. There's some great sushi spots, but definitely the pizza it's hard and it's random too. Like you'll find a spot and you'll be like, wow, that was really good. And they're not that, you know, reviewed, and in terms of San Diego, there's little Italy and that tends to take up the market of what people believe to be good pizza. When I'm just like, if I was, you know, half a restaurant minded person, I would open up a bomb ass Italian spot pizza joint in San Diego and kill it or a breakfast spot. They don't have diners and they don't have uh, local breakfast, you know, joints in terms of you just go there and grab a bacon, egg and cheese or tail ham, egg and cheese where you have that on the East coast, every single town, there's yeah. the bagel shop there's the diner, there's the pizza spot. If anyone opened that out here, they would make a killing. Yeah, no, definitely. I do, you know, Taylor ham and egg and cheese uh, sandwich. Cause uh, you know, they probably, I bet most people don't even know what Taylor ham is. I didn't being from the DC area. I didn't even know what Taylor ham or pork roll was until I went to school in Pennsylvania and had a lot of friends from Jersey and Philadelphia area. So um, it's kind of a hidden gem in terms of uh, deli meats. I feel like. <laughs> definitely. But it's, it's fantastic. And I'm a huge proponent of the breakfast sandwich. Absolutely. And then my final question, moving on from the five and five is what's some advice you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? I think the, the best advice I, I could give them is it's takes a lot of work, you know, first and foremost, and you have to put that work in, you know, every single day to a certain degree and you have to start young. Um, and I think that <clears throat> it's really getting even more competitive. So the younger that you can start to just focus on, you know, getting better, not, not necessarily, with the lacrosse stick, but as an athlete competing um, and just constantly trying to grow, um, whether you're playing football or soccer or, or lacrosse, competing and growing as an athlete, getting your stick in your hand and getting a better stick. Um, that's a differentiator. All the best players in the league have the best sticks. Mm -hmm. And you know, some guys you see the Lyle Thompsons of the game um, and some of these Canadian guys, they have their sticks in their hands more. They're better lacrosse players for it. Um, so work ethic, competing, picking up your stick and then understanding that it's, it's going to be you know, a journey of up and downs and, you know, every challenge that you're going to face, you're going to have to look it in the face um, and decide whether or not, you know, you're going to create an opportunity out of it, or if it's going to, you know, beat you down um, and, and defeat you. And I think any athlete you talk to at the professional level has had those obstacles over and over and over again, and have been able to overcome them and become a better person and player because of it. Um, and, and it just builds a chip on your shoulder and, and builds resiliency and, and pushes you to the next level. No, absolutely. I think that's some great advice for our young listeners. Well, Jules, we really appreciate you hopping on again. Uh, again, great to have you as a recurring guest and we look forward to you getting back on the field this summer. Absolutely. I'm super excited to get back out there and I appreciate your time as always, Hutton.
Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducanon, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent.